good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Welcome to the 2021 version of Everybody Loves Bliss. We are back. I know y'all missed us, but we're here. 2021 is here. Um, Ross Cooper, are you there? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Live and public, um, if you will. I think our people missed us. I missed us. This is great. I, I did too. <laughs> this is great. I did too. We didn't, you know, what's funny is that we had not planned on taking the time off, but it just, you know, life happened and we had to uh, both step away from the mic for that vacation time. How was your, uh, how was your time away? Um, it was pretty good, pretty reflective, um, very productive physically too. Oh, oh, what, what does that mean? Um, I, well, I didn't, know, didn't know that happened, but okay. What, well, what no, is I'm, it? I'm, I'm, of course, you can't see us yet, but I'm a fitness enthusiast and I've got some really cool content coming up, but I got to look the part. So I've been really on my diet, really on my cardio. Uh, yeah, why, no. do, why do I always feel like you pressure that? Like when you go there, it's like this pressure. Oh, here you go. You know I'm still struggling through, but I'm doing I'm doing a lot better on my my uh, whole uh, fitness protocol. So yeah, but what I didn't know you were going to open up with that, Mister. Um, I'm so in shape and I'm in the gym every day. I'm not though. That's why I'm in the gym every day because I'm not completely in shape. How dare you? How dare you open this this conversation this way? How dare you? Anyway, we're back. And again, um, in terms of whether or not I hit my fitness goal, I'm going to let you guys know that when we go, we go, we go visual um, on the 20th on inauguration day. That's going to be, yeah, that's going to be fun. So just, I don't know if we had given our people a date before, but on January 20th, 2021 is when you will see the first installment of Everybody Loves Bliss, the podcast, and we will be visual. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm nervous about it. Um, as folks know, this is a really small podcast, meaning we, I, <laughs> I am our recorder, editor, and, and all of that good stuff right now. So I'm a little nervous about doing the next step, but we will be doing that. So people uh, be ready for it. But yeah, so with the last time we talked, it was 2020. We are now in 2021. And we had a whole show planned on what we we're going to talk about. But <laughs> Lord, the, the incidents of the day have changed up what this conversation is going to be. So we're going to hit this or organic. But just to say before we get into it, into it, into the coup that happened today on the Capitol, um, 2020, I'm going to tell you, I did not, I did not like people did. They, they kicked it and pushed it and shoved it away. I didn't do that. I learned from 2019 that that's not a good thing to do because I did that with 2019. I was like, get rid of it. It's the worst. I hated it. And it was a very difficult year for me, 2019. But 2020 just came in and it was just, it, it showed its ass. There were things that happened that we are still not recovered from. We don't know where stuff is going for this year. Like we're still, you and I, before we just started recording, we were talking about travel. I was talking about travel. And with every date that I looked at on the calendar, I'm going, well, it depends on what happens in the world. It depends on what happens with with what's going on. And and 2021, I'm going to tell you, has already been a doozy, not just with um, what we're going to talk about, but um, oh my gosh. Um, so 2021 is here. Um, for me personally, there are some things that kind of in the background have been going on that I'm not going to share just yet with our people, but... Um, that may have some major effect on how this show and how I move forward. Um, but there were some great things that happened in 2020 that we're going to talk about later that we decided that we were going to cling to and hold on to. And we're going to share that with our audience um, this today, this evening, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to us. But um, yeah, so how did you, your, your 2021, how did you bring it in just really quick? Did you kick 2020 out or did you let it, kind of roll 2021 rolled in gently just, or 2020 just, uh, roll out just rolled in gently i was literally just because where i'm at i'm in north texas it was a crappy new year's eve it was like 38 degrees in a cold rain yeah i i was just here uh you know in the house 
safe. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, that's a blessing. I mean, we we are, as we're recording this, we're six days into the new year, right? We're six days in and um, we might as well get into it. On the sixth day, <laughs> an insurrection happening or hap- has happened today. Um, the Capitol was stormed by, well, we haven't identified the group. So I, I don't know who are, who are, who is this group but we people? have, I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, but we have like, like the proud boys haven't stood up to say, this is us. The KKK didn't stand up to say it's us. And the reason why I'm picking these groups, because they're, they're, it's, it's a nationalist group, of course. Right. But right. I, I. I mean, that happened and we watched it all day today. And actually, had you not told me about it, I I had so much going on today. I hadn't even turned on social media to even know it happened. But we watched it and the it's it was a matter of belief and disbelief because that happened for hours today. No National Guard came in. The police didn't shoot a gun well depending on who you ask because someone unfortunately a a one woman was killed but we're not sure who who actually shot her um but we're not sure if police fired the shot so for right now we can't say whether or not police fired but we watched there was video on top of video of what seemed like an allowance of this whole insurrection to happen that's what it looked like to me. It looked like the, it almost felt like it, it. Some of the video that I saw today that they were welcomed in. <laughs> I, I don't know how you scale the wall of the Capitol with all of those cameras, and there's not like a SWAT team that comes and grabs you and takes people out before you even get into the Capitol. So, and there were there were photos that we saw later with police officers or or agents that were there supposedly to protect the Capitol actually actually taking pictures with with the rioters. Come I, on, man. I I just, you know, I I I just and again it's a matter of disbelief and belief. Um and I'm gonna go here. I I, I think that in a way this needed to happen. And the reason why it needed to happen sans or without the person being killed. Again, I am very sorry that someone lost their life today. I don't know what the the circumstances are of that. But I think that we needed to see, I think that what happens with 2020 and the protesting and the rioting and the new allies that came out that were very active, you started to see a lull in that holiday time kind of takes that, 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 um, that attention away. The holidays were going to do that anyway. But with so much focus being on what was happening with Trump and Biden, especially after the election, I think we got, the folks got distracted about what the protests were about over the, over most of the year, over the spring and summer, about civil rights, about what Black Lives Matter, the idea not the organization stood for all of those things we were starting to see a bit of a lag in the attention for that and i think that we weren't discussing in the same levels what white privilege allows and what happened today is you got white privilege 101 right in your face again so you understand and you know that how this 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 thing functions this united states functions it's based on white privilege and what white privilege wants. And you saw that today. And I and I think that in, in a way it was a great reminder. I that's 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 my part of my take on what happened today at the Capitol. What did you what did you think about it? <laughs> jokingly and not jokingly, when you said we don't know the group, we do. Um, MAGA, that's the group. Same group it's been overt for the last four years. Um, same group or, or you know, from a standpoint of ideology, it's been since, I don't know, before the Civil War. MAGA, that's that's the group. Whole bunch of pissed off white men. Feel like their rights are being trampled on. All this other nonsense. Um, watching it, I'm like, 
you know, when I when I saw the, none none of none of this surprised me because initially it was like, wow, the gall you're gonna storm the Capitol. Like last time I heard anybody quote unquote storm the Capitol it wasn't the national Capitol. It was back when the Panthers walked in back out back in California year many years ago, which is what prompted the laws to get changed about being able to compare, carry guns publicly. But this, I'm like, I want to be surprised, but I'm not. I'm absolutely not. My my question is, and I don't know the answer to this yet, because I don't think we've seen this fully play out. Uh, being a little bit selfish here, how does this affect us, us being black folk? I don't know if there's going to be any blowback our direction. I don't think it will, but it should lay bare. This is what white privilege looks like. This is what Black Lives Matter has been complaining about since day one. Because you and I both know if this was BLM or any group of people with a certain amount of melanin, there's bodies all over D.C. Right. There would have been bodies all over D.C. And 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 what's interesting, and I said this and I'm going to say it again, it, it felt like they were welcomed in by by D.C. police where the police that are there to protect the Capitol, because how do you I mean, there was film where you see police officers as these rioters are coming for the police officers are backing away. And then as the 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 police force kind of gets more um, intense, meaning there's a there's a film where there's a black officer who's backing away. He's got a gun. He's got a club. He doesn't go for any of that stuff. And then at a point, there are other officers that join him. Instead of the kind of aggressive behavior they would have taken with, and we know this with a black or brown person, I mean, it's like this. This there's this argument for the camera back and forth. It was it, the kind of footage that you have of it speaks to a kind of relaxed welcome, if you ask me. I mean, there's there's this there's some brilliant, I, I will say, footage of what was going on. The guy who's in Nancy Pelosi's office sitting with his legs. Like you you had the ability of people to stop and take pictures and pose. I mean there that that just doesn't that doesn't seem to happen by accident to me. That just does not seem to go off that way without some inside planning. I'm sorry. That just looks almost, I don't want to use the word scripted, but very definitively planned. And I think you need two sides to plan. You need someone on the inside and you need the folks who are coming in from the outside. I just, I, I can't imagine the, 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 that happening, like you said, with anyone, any, anyone else, any other group besides some kind of white group and MAGA is yeah MAGA I guess if you put it in 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 the kind of thinking and theoretically it's a MAGA the the folks that support the MAGA idea they're all under that umbrella but there's there's so much that goes with this it's the fact that they got in that they were able to photograph the way they did they they beautifully documented themselves which is un- it's unbelievable. It, and the fact that we watch the police back away from them with the, you didn't see any of this aggression that we have seen all 2020 against BLM and other protesters who were protesting against um, the civil rights violations. These gentlemen, they, they, they you know, it's kind of like, you know, go on in. I mean, I was waiting for to hear on 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 film or one of the police officers just go, you know, whatever. Because it, it looked like that anyway. I mean, to that end, I, I, I'd have to disagree with you slightly. I don't believe okay. I don't believe in my heart of hearts that this was organized, nor do I believe it was an inside job. I believe it is exactly what we saw. It is white people and white police allowing white people to just do what they want to do. Because secretly, or in this case, not so secretly as the case may be, I believe a good number of those officers would trade places with the protesters. So let me make sure I'm understanding what you're saying. So you you think that basically the heart and mindset of the officers is the same as the rioters today. So, So even... Even when taken by surprise in a situation like this, that because philosophically they are aligned, 
that they would just let this happen anyway. You don't need to plan it. That's what you're saying. Absolutely. Because you saw the same thing I I did. If if it were just a couple, if there were a couple entry points, if it was just resistance in everywhere except two places, and these two places where everybody filtered in at, I'd raise an eyebrow and say, hmm, this is strange. But the fact that no matter where, these people pretty much bum-rushed the Capitol and there was zero to no resistance. The fact that they were taking selfies together, I don't know. You never seen Bruce Wayne and Batman in the same room at the same time. I, I don't understand that analogy, but okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, you, you know, these are the same folks here. These are the same folks. They just have to have more uniforms. And this speaks to something that BLM and every black and brown person has been saying in this country for years. Pretty much a lot of cops have white, possibly have white hoods in their closets. They just now have badges and guns, which is even more dangerous. But if you see people scaling a wall and you don't know that this is going to happen, if you don't have any insight or you haven't heard there hasn't been rumblings that they were coming and you knew who was coming. You don't know who's scaling that wall and you don't know what their intentions are. So I, I, that's why I said, I think it was more planned because even you don't know a person's idea by seeing them scale a wall just because they're white. You, you, I mean, I just don't, I, and maybe I'm naive. I just think that when you see a group of people scaling a wall who you're not familiar with, who until they get close to, you don't even know what they're there for. I don't, I can't believe that you would just allow them to scale the wall and come on in because they're white. I think you would have to know that they were in alignment with your, 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 if even I'm, I'm going by what you said, that they were who they were and what they were there for. They, they, so I, I just don't, I don't know because I don't even, here's the other thing is that I heard a lot of screaming. This is our capital. This is our America. But what was the ask? What do you want? Oh. That was the other thing that was mind-boggling to me. It's like okay, but you there wasn't even any clear like verbiage when I'm listening and watching this. It was like we're doing this because we can and we want to shake shit up. But you want to? Well, to me, this would have been a better move to. I know what was going on today. I know there was the confirmation of Biden Harris today. I, I know that was going on, but. To, to me, that was so, there was just no you, there there was that it just seemed chaotic to me. Like you came in, you were screaming, "It's our America!" You weren't screaming that the I didn't hear anybody talking specifically about the election is a ruse. This is this is some bullshit. We are here to protest the election. It's just that I'm here because I can be here and cause disruption of this process. Like specifically about. So I, I here's my thought about the folks that came in. I don't even really believe that a lot of these folks believe that this election was foiled. I don't believe that they think that Trump lost the election. I mean, right. I don't believe that they think that the election was stolen from Trump. I think that this is the arrogance of whether he lost or not, we want what we want. I think these people understand that Trump lost the election. I don't believe they think that there was a fraudulent processing that happened. I don't believe, I think that this is the arrogance of not wanting to accept the truth. And it's very different if you understand um, from a philosophical standpoint, what that is. It's, I don't have to accept what is because I'm white and entitled versus I really feel like our country's been wronged. That's why I was looking for specific, I was trying to listen in as much as I could in the chaos of the films that I was, I saw the clips that I saw about real conversation about this is a fraud. You've stolen the election. There was really not much of that. It was more, this is my capital. This is my country. We don't give a, okay. You live in America. You're part of it. This is the arrogance of whiteness versus really feeling like they were wronged. Does that make sense? Are you understanding what I mean in the difference? I do. Um, <laughs> Again, the most points are, I'm not necessarily sure I agree. We have to. Uh, we don't have to agree. Yeah, I, you know, I was going to say, I, like, we. I think we have to understand who we're dealing with here. If if you're a Trump supporter, die hard. If you're die hard MAGA, I got I got questions about your intellectual capacity to begin with because because this guy thinks there was a a a, a the election was stolen. And he says, go make some noise. You go do it. That's not, that's, put it this way. I applaud 
especially being a black man in this country, I applaud the spirit of civil disobedience. King and everybody else got hot coffee poured on them and so on and so forth. The sit-ins, we all know about the dogs, the water hoses. There was a point and a purpose. There was an injustice. So if you're going to take a beat down, that's the reason to take a beat down. This? So let me get this straight. Y'all got y'all, y'all risked, risked getting your asses whooped and I heard there were some pepper spray. For what exactly? Like you said, there's no, there's, there wasn't a clear ask. Y'all just mad about the fact that you think the the election was a fraud. So this I don't I don't believe everybody thinks that. I and again I'm going to stick with what I said. I believe some folks may think that. I think that this is about not accepting, not wanting to accept what is. That's the arrogance of 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 some of these folks showing up. I don't I don't believe for two seconds that unless we're just dealing unless you're unless you're unless we're just talking about simple cognitive dissonance across the board. And I don't believe that that's the truth with all of these folks. I think that there's an arrogance of I get to make a decision. I'm a white American male, and this is what I want. I really do. But go ahead, I interrupted. Go ahead. I just want to be clear. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that's 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 the thing here. Um. I just don't I I don't want to give these folks too much credit for being overly intelligent here. You all ran up on the Capitol steps because you were goofy enough to believe this guy who can't by the time you are charged, well again, if this if if do if this were like, you know, a normal setting, by the time you were arrested, charged and processed, he'll be out of power and can't pardon anything you do. But uh <laughs> from what I understand, there were no arrests. Listen, listen, (laughs) there was no arrest and the National Guard didn't show up. And here's the here's the story I've heard. I've not been able to verify this just yet, that the mayor of D.C. called to ask the National Guard to come in and they refused. I don't know how that works. I didn't know the National Guard could refuse a request from a mayor when a city, especially a federal Typically, a federal building I can think of is it's under attack. Maine. That's all I can think of. But DC is a different entity, though, because it is a different entity. Because you so, the National Guard is called. That's a call since they are federal. That is called. That I think that's a call made by the governor. But of course, DC doesn't have a governor, quote unquote. Exactly. So, so yeah. the the and again, I am not. I this is this is what was told to me, and. That she called in and hers, for those of you who don't know, it's Muriel Bowser that she asked the National Guard to come in and that they refused. Um, but she shouldn't have had to call. Somebody from this, from who was being in this, one of those representatives should have been able to make the call and have them come in. I, I just can't believe the lack of, do you, I mean, do you remember what happened in Baltimore when the situation happened with Freddie Gray? Oh, yeah. We had National Guard. We had every, it seemed like every task force the United States had came to Baltimore and stayed in Baltimore. And this is after, keep in mind what triggered the response in Baltimore. It was when the high school students decided to protest. And it was the high school students who um, were coming home. And what happened was their because of fear of rioting, they were not, the school buses didn't take them to all the way home and they were dropped off, a lot of them near, and I'm telling the story near Mondawmin Mall, which is the mall in Baltimore. And kids, there became a clash. At some point, the police showed up because the kids lingered around the mall. Um, You drop them off near the mall, which you think they're going to do, especially when you didn't take them all the way to their locations. And what happened was the police were called and that really is the, when the the riots really started because it was the high school kids standing up against the police he uh in baltimore and every you had so much military force come to baltimore it was insane and curfews and here we are at the capitol and i watched as police officers identified police officers helped escort some of these folks out today at the end of this insurrection some of the looters and rioters because that's what they were actually were escorted out like literally let me help you out to the some of the female uh participants so uh, i i i just i i'm gonna we're gonna agree to disagree i i think that 
the security, the, a lot of that security at the Capitol knew that was happening. And I, I would at least hope that any of the agents who were part of the security um, set up for the Capitol who is caught on film taking pictures, they need to lose their jobs at the very least. <laughs> and I'm surprised. Um, well, it's too early. There needs to be an FBI investigation. Um, so we'll see, we'll see what happens with it, but it's, it's over now. It's over. They, you know, folks went back to, uh, confirming, uh, Biden and Harris. I mean, it was like, it happened. It's over. Um, like you said, no arrests. Um, it looks like one death. And again, I'm, I'm sorry that someone lost their life. Um, but we're not sure who, who shot the woman and under what circumstances, but one death, um, a few escorts out um, all of the rioters got photo ops. <laughs> I mean, we, you know what I'm saying? And no arrest record. They'll go back to their jobs if they have them tomorrow. This <laughs> should let every black person know two things. There, there, there are three things that should be top of mind at this point. One, if you are in a state that allows it, you need to get, you need to arm yourself. Two, if you don't already have one, take steps to get your passport because three, it is really time to start thinking about becoming an expat and finding somewhere else to go. Speaking personally, this is the reminder that I'm not, I'm not married to the idea of dying here, pun intended, because this country will kill us and there will be no repercussions. And as we saw demonstrated today, um... You can pretty much do whatever the hell you want if you are a white and male and suffer close to no repercussions. I, I'm not married to the idea of spending my last days here, here being America. What does that mean? I mean, I'm not, we're not going to get too much into that, but I hear a lot of black folks talking about leaving the country oh, and yeah. going to, I, I hear a lot of talk about going to Ghana. Um, relocating in Ghana or some parts of Africa. Generally, Ghana is the place that I hear. Very few people I hear talk about any other areas. I, I think that that's a, it's a, what, what about the idea that we, we built this country? You're right. Our ancestors' blood, sweat, and tears are here. And we are owed an immeasurable debt, but we saw this election cycle, how quickly the reparations conversation got pushed. It somehow just evaporated as time went on. Part, but but do you understand that part of it is it has it lies with the fault of some of us. How so? Those of us, well, those of us who gave votes without an ask. Uh, I mean, I I see what's happened in Georgia, and we're we're celebrating that the two senators won in Georgia, uh -huh. and I I'm glad they did. Effectively but, neutering Mitch McConnell. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so they th that happened. Um, but what next? I'm gonna. I'm just very curious to see what what's next because part of what I and we've been we've talked about this on the last season of the show. By the way, this is season six of Everybody Loves Bliss. Please make sure you're subscribed. Hey. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It a lot on on in the last season is that you know part of the onus of that conversation happening has to be about what we demand, and you know we celebrate it. So so many of us celebrate and Biden Harris coming in, and you know I think it's great that there's a change in the Senate. I'm trying to see what's going to happen, but the conversations have to happen with us con demanding that in order for us to vote and keep securing positions for other people, we, our needs have to be addressed. So we can't, you know, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I don't disagree, but I also have to say part of that is that we, we're not, we haven't, we have not determined that we, that that conversation about reparations is one we have to have. Look what happened to Ice Cube. I mean, you know, so it, it, it's, I, I think that we have to take responsibility in part for that. I, I'm a little divided and here's why. I'm okay. A little, I'm a tad upset that you're right. 
in this instance. You're right. The reason I'm upset that you're I'm right. A, listen, I'm upset that I'm right. Right. Okay. Because this is not about right. You know, I'm not here trying to be right. I'm trying for us to, to understand why we continue to have this experience here and what it takes to to move forward. And and let me well, go ahead and say what you're going to say, because I'm going to make a connection about what you just said about moving somewhere else, specifically to Africa okay. and, and connect about how globally all of this works. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I'm upset that you're right. And here's what I mean. And this is going to be an interesting analogy, but hypothetically speaking, look, if, if I borrow something from you and time passes, I don't owe you any less. In fact, I owe you that probably with interest. Now imagine borrowing someone's labor, someone's life, someone's livelihood. And that's not even talking about the atrocities that come along with it. Basically, where I'm going here is it is well known the history of this country and how black people have never been indemnified at all. Change some laws. And basically you said, hey, slavery is no longer legal. Awesome. But you have done nothing to repay the debt. That is an outstanding balance. I shouldn't have to come to you and say, hey, pay me my debt. But you are correct. Apparently, we need to make noise about that. And that's disappointing. Well, I mean, that's how everything is was done in this country. White folks came over here, protest. They came over really because they were fed up with how they were living and 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 under the rules of England. So you you have all these British and English coming over here, the the initial colonizers, and not to go into the history, but everything was that has happened in this country happens based off of a fight, a riot, a looting, a war. So that's what it's going to take for us probably for us to get what's needed. Now keep in mind when we talk about leaving because what you said earlier is that you're thinking about relocating. And for most folks, they don't want to go into, when we're talking about Black folks, they're not really trying to go from one white-dominated place to another white-dominated place, right? So where do you think of? You think of Africa. But Africa is being, to this day, pillaged and raped by Europe. Mm. France is one of the number one criminals against Africa. And I, I I won't go into all the details, but European countries, they benefit off of keeping Africa poor. Mm-hmm. Africa has to stay poor for all of these Western countries to thrive because they go there and they steal the resources from Africa. And they continue, and there are these pacts that exist that went into effect in the late 1800s that still are on Africa's neck. So we talk about going to Africa, but that's another place where you may get some land. You may see people that look like you. I mean, there's some benefits there, but at the, the, at the end of the day, Africa is still being bled by Europe. So you, you got to deal with, we, we, there's a, on the whole diaspora dealing with white privilege, because we understand it very clearly here from the United States perspective, but we don't think about how it affects the world globally. So for, you know, I think it would be prudent for African-Americans to fight this fight and win. I really do to be here on this land and win and get it together. And then we move it out. I think we have a better chance here than even maybe in Africa, depending on the information. We won't get too far into that. But you got to understand that European dominance and what it does all across the globe, Colin, how colonization has affected black and brown continents, the continent and countries all over the, all over the world and how they're affected. So I think that that's a, it's, a, it's a nice idea on paper, but when you uncover and you start digging in, it's like, oh... Well, shit, this is going on in this country and this is going on on this continent. And it just the picture gets you see that you see a lot just in a different way. But it's the same kind of white privilege bleeding in some way, black and brown people. So getting back to what's happened here, I mean, you know, I, I, you know, we have a little bit of, of, of progress. You have the, the new senator, um, Reverend Warnock. 
and um, what is it, Asaf? In um, is it Asaf? Is that the other gentleman's name? I believe so. Um, yeah. So they're in, and and again, you have you have the uh, you had uh, Stacey Abrams, you know, leading the charge with that. God bless her, because she's like a saint. I mean, all that all that crap happened with her, and they stole her election, but she still hangs in there and fights. God bless her. I'm still um, honestly, I'm still kind of mad about this, though. <laughs> what are you mad about? All right, this might be a little sadistic, but I almost wish there was still a fifty fifty tie in the Senate because you know who holds the tie tie breaking vote, Kamala, and oh, just the joy of watching Kamala shoot down everything Republican would have been awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That would have been just fun to watch. Just just watch my Miss face crumble. I, I, you know, I when I think of Kamala, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, I'm sorry, is her, well, I'm not gonna tell you I'm not I'm gonna do stuff for black people directly. And that's what I think when I think Kamala. So I'm like, oh okay. <laughs> but okay, I hear what you're saying. I yeah, look. Look, um, so yeah, so while you're while you're thinking about moving to, just out of curiosity, where would you move to, black man, well, to get away? Um, I'm originally from Buffalo. A good buddy of mine moved to Toronto. He said he ain't never coming back. He loves it up there. Also, you'd move to another white dominated country. Okay, I mean Canada's on the Canada's on the list, but I'd definitely be investigating somewhere that is not white dominated. Okay. You know, that's okay. That's something so to that would be. That would be one of the islands, which a lot of the islands are owned now or run by white folks um, or Africa, which, you know, I think you got to understand, depending on what country you go to in Africa, how Europe is bleeding the countries over there. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's about it's So for me, it's about righting the wrong instead of trying to find a place to escape, because when you start opening up the doors globally, it's a mess. Anyway, we stayed on that a long time, but uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so listen, listen, we, you know, opening up this, you know, again, I talked about some of the things that um, as we kicked for, for some folks, as they kicked in and pushed and, and, you know, hallelujah, once 2020 went out, um, you and I had a really good conversation about understanding 2020 from the perspective of what it gave. Yeah, And so yeah. you and I talked about some of the things that I hope that people took from 2020 and would bring into the new year. I know for me that I'm bringing in, um, I'm going to say, um, and I think we both agree with this, is that we we both developed better relationships with family. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to quietly, before I go into this, I, I, I won't go into detail, but um, yesterday my mom had a health crisis. And um, so without going into great detail, um, it was out of nowhere. And um, it, it's one I, you know, I know she's going to, she's going to overcome, but it's going to be a minute. She's it's going to take her some time. And I, I, you know, I was, I was glad that I was in, in, a, in the space where I could get to her um, when the situation happened and that we were able to get her to the hospital quickly. Um, and I, I, I will share more about it later, but, um, I, because we haven't really shared it with, I know if some of my family is listening, they're going to hear this for the first time because we have not shared it with. So that's why I won't go into the details, but you know, for 2020, one of the things that I really started to appreciate it is, is time with family. Um, I really, really, it, it, it became so precious to me. Like I hadn't really, and I think for a lot of people understood how important it is, those moments, even the family members that get on your nerves, um, that you still love and you can still deal with. Cause I, you know, I know some of us have family that get on our nerves. We, we don't deal with them and, and, and maybe rightfully so. Cause I'm not suggesting we keep toxic relationships, but it's, it was 2020, you got time to do that. You got time to spend, you know, I know parents complained about having their kids at home, but I, you know, for, if I had been a parent, I would have used that time to reteach and, and, and help my kids to unlearn certain things. Had that been my call, had I, had I kid, had kids, but, um, with this, with 2020, I got to spend 
so much time with family members. And at one point when I felt like I wasn't getting close to them, like I have family in New Jersey, I was like, look, I'm not, I don't know what this year is going to look like. So we made definitive arrangements that I went to see them because it was just so up and down. And there was, there are people that I know um, who still haven't seen their parents, haven't seen them, didn't see them all 2020. Um, and for their own concerns. And, and again, I don't, I don't, again, I don't get into um, telling people how, what they should or should not do because of COVID concerns. They still haven't seen family members or elderly family members or because family members are in facilities. We're not able to see them and still haven't seen them for a whole year. And the time with family, I just really appreciated that. And I know you said the same thing because you said your relationship with your son changed in 2020. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> it got better. It got stronger. You know, some the fact that we live in two different places and two different time zones can be tough. So, but we talked more. Um, we we bonded more. We got more open because it's any any parent. I'm here to tell you, if you are a parent, it the dynamic changes when your child, quote unquote, becomes an adult. Mm. And 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 you become as they get older, you become less and less teacher, more and more advisor. And that's that okay. interesting role to play. And you know, no shame to say it, there's only a 19 year difference between he and I. So it's it's interesting. We we've always tried that line between you know father son and homies, and we really got closer last year even through the pandemic and everything else, I got to see him a couple of times last year for travel. And it's like, you know, that's, that's my man. And that, that, that is the one relationship I always want to be in a very great place. You know, and it, and it got to a much even better place than it was before over, over the course of last year. And I'm very, very thankful for that. Wonderful. Um, the other thing, um, going back to, um, 2020, some of the things that we were carrying with us and that we're keeping, um, is appreciation for essential workers. I was so glad that finally people understand how important the 7-Eleven worker is, Mm -hmm. how important the grocery store worker is, the stock boy, the person that rings your stuff up. Um, the person that delivers your food or takes you to where you need to go. I, I, I was so glad. And, and, and nurses, I want to say, because I, essential workers, I'm, I'm looking at the smaller essential workers, like those positions, the, the garbage man, the mailman. I think that um, depending on how your health has been, you may have appreciated your nurses and doctors beforehand, but I want to still include them in those essential workers. I think that finally we got to understand that every job that gets done is important no matter how small. And I hope that for those of us who took those folks for granted, really got a chance to understand how important they are. They're just important, just really important jobs that you couldn't have, you you would have been miserable had the the grocery store clerk not shown up for work or the, the, the person that opens, again, the, the 7-Eleven or the, the gas station so you could get your gas. I think that those things that we, we have taken those people for granted for so long and not seen their value. And, and, and I'm so glad that we're, we, at least for a time, got to appreciate the essential workers. I mean, I, I you know, did that change for you or did you? No, it didn't change much. Um, I found that only because... I appreciate those folks anyway. I just found it ironic. And, and I'm, I'm happy in the long run. But I found it ironic like, hey, the billionaires didn't save us. The guy making eight ninety nine an hour did. Remember yep. that. Yeah. The billionaires didn't come save you. It was the McDonald's worker. It was the Walmart greeter. You know, it was the, the, the drugstore tech. That's who saved us. Don't the trucker. The truckers. That oh, the truckers. That the truckers. The truckers. Yeah, that transport all your crap from one location to another. Oh, um, and let us not forget, because they are vastly, I won't say underappreciated, but I will say, I think in certain degrees underpaid, the artists saved us. Well, I, I think that 
um, because they were next on the list. The artists, because our artists are not considered the essential workers, so they hadn't been. And I think that depending on how people, how big the artist is, we've complained that artists and entertainers get overpaid. I think that that debate is, uh, you know, that's here. That's that can depending on who we're talking about, how we're talking about it. But I agree with you. Art and artists were. I mean, listen, what would you have done had you not had access to movies and to books and to music? Like that saved a lot of lives. It saved a lot of lives. You had nothing else you could do. And I know for, you know, I know for you, you had, you still can be out and about, but in places where things just shut down and there are places that are really pretty much shut down. Like you can't even go to a restaurant, hence the DMV, parts of the DMV where I am. There's, there are counties where you can't eat in a restaurant and you can't even eat outside. So it's just pick up. There's no theater. The movies um, in certain places aren't even open. So yes, having access to move to movies and books and music. Oh my God. I mean, I found that I revisited films that I hadn't seen and I did watch a lot more. Of course we all did. I think we all watched a lot more, whatever was Netflix or whatever you have, whatever you're subscribed to. And speaking of which, I'm going to, I'm just going to, since you opened that door, listen, I, I got, I just got to call out some that I just particularly loved. I loved, I loved Lovecraft Country. Okay. I loved it. It was one of my favorites. I you never watched it, did you? I didn't get in, I didn't get into it yet. No, I got. I'm one of those. It's on my to watch list right now. I'm quitting you right now. How in the world did you not watch Lovecraft? Because yeah, I admit the fact that sometimes I'm contrarian for the sake of being contrarian. So if everybody's doing it, I'm just automatically not gonna. Oh, Lord have mercy. I know. Just I mean, it had. It, there were some things that I struggle with. You know me. Hey, I, mean, uh, we I didn't watch Tiger to- King either. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> Lovecraft Country, I loved. Um, that was one of my favorites. Um, and also, uh, you know, I'm a documentary nut. So um, Social Dilemma was, we ta- We actually talked about Social Dilemma. That was one of my favorites um, that I watched. Um, I also, and I've mentioned this already, my favorite love story film of the year happened to come at the end of the year. And that was Sylvie's love. I, 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 I was so good. I, I posted about it. You know, I'm lazy about posting. I'm, I'm the in, I live my life in the moment and not online, but Sylvie's love was one of my favorites. And, you know, as an artist um, who I, 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 there's a sadness, but I learned, I appreciate it even more, even though he left us last year is um, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, Seeing his last work, which was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is a, a piece that I, I have to say I need to see again. I hope we're not boring our, our folks. We all this is all personal. The people are going, what are y'all talking about? Listen, this is we we getting personal here. But um Chadwick Boseman, and I'm gonna also mention um another person, but for right now, Chadwick Boseman, I think when you saw Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And if you saw the last film that he did with um, with uh, Spike Lee, um, The Five Bloods, where visually he's very, very thin. He's, vi- he's so thin that you wonder if he got thin for the movie or what was going on with him. When I saw The Five Bloods, I was like, Jesus, he really is committed to the art. But now we know that he was suffering with cancer. But to see his work the legacy that he left behind and to know when that those, those pieces were filmed and done and to know what he must have been going through physically and psychologically and still the way he showed up. I have an appreciation. I think that he would be for 2020. If I had to have an artist of the year, it would have, it would be Chadwick Boseman because the rich legacy of work that he left in the short time he was here. Um, and the kind of commitment to the craft that he had. And when you see the work and you see it, I mean, this is a man who, for my ratings, Black Bottom, he plays a trumpet player. He actually learned how to play the trumpet. (laughs) So uh, you, 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 I mean, Chadwick Boseman, I I just have to give him 
probably my person of the year for 2020, just because you didn't understand the level of excellence really until he was gone and the commitment. So, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, but um, he's not in Sylvie's Love. So I, I, even though Sylvie's Love is my favorite um, film of the year, he is in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which came out um, just before uh, the end of the year. So if you see that, um, I, I will have to say, I don't know that that, that particular piece, it, it wasn't what I expected. I liked it. I love Chadwick's performance. I wasn't, it, it was very different from what I was expecting. So they're great performances. Um, I didn't, I didn't feel moved to watch it again and again, but I would recommend um, it as something that if you haven't seen it, that you, that you take a look at. Um, so yeah, so those are my, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you have a favorite of, of a favorite piece of film or anything that you saw or anything that moved you or you didn't like Sylvie's love, which I don't get. I just, I don't, I almost had a hard time. You got what? I got an hour and 12 minutes You got what? What did you say? I'm going to see if I can get through it. I got an hour and 12 minutes of that movie left. Oh, you know what? Never mind. I I don't understand you. But, you know, okay. I love love. I, it was it was just a beautiful as do I. I. I'm not gonna go on, but you I don't get it. I don't get you. I don't I don't get you. You are the most like you are the most sappy guy. And I say this with great respect and love. You are the sappiest guy I know. How the hell did you not think Sylvie's love was like everything? I don't get I don't get it was the love story 2020 needed to end with. It was the love story black America needed. What are you talking about? The whole what that is just a oh okay. Actually, you know what? You just brought it up because the love story that I got was the photograph Valentine's Day. That wasn't from twenty twenty. Yeah, was it? Yes, it was. Was it? Oh, that was February twenty. That was Valentine's Day twenty twenty. Okay, and I didn't like that. So okay, I'm just wow. Okay, okay. Okay, but, there's uh, that. I mean, you could give your you, you okay. So it was the photograph. You you thought that was the uh, okay. It 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 is um, it's it's the next generation's love Jones. You know, it's it's mm. it's next generation's love Jones. And 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 yeah, I really dug the I really dug the photograph. As someone who loves love and loves love stories, I really dug the photograph. You know what? I'm gonna. I, you know what we should do? Okay, so that's your recommendation for the best love story of 2020, and mine is Sylvie's love. I want our audience to watch them. I didn't. I wasn't gonna do this, but since that's your favorite, I had a heart. And let me just say this because you got to preface everything. I love Issa Rae. I I like Lakeith. Um, what is Lakeith's last name? I can't remember. Okay, Sanfield. I like him a lot. Um, I like them both. Together, I, 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 it's, it's I, maybe, maybe it's personal for me because the Keith is, is he's quirky, at least in the movie. Actually, actually, he was, he, I don't think that was a tough acting job. I think a lot of that it was him playing himself, but he's off brand, he's quirky, he's a different kind of guy. And for Issa to be so, so polished in everything that she was in the movie and still dig this dude, I'm like, yes, uh, yes. Okay. Thank I, you. I I I love them both. I didn't love that movie at all. I had a and just like you had a hard time getting through through Sylvie's Love, I had a hard time getting through that film. So let's let the audience. I you know what yeah. that we're gonna put that up. Let the audience decide what the best. I guess we'll we'll call it the best black love story, best best love story, black love story, love story of 2020. Was it the photograph or was it Sylvie's Love? I have a feeling Sylvie's Love is gonna win. But okay, that's just me. But okay, let's move on, sir. Um, <laughs> we, you know what else? Um, I'm I'm happy about, and I'm taking with me, and I think that we we both will agree that with this. Um, black history exposed the black experience told in truth. We had a lot of that in 2020. I think that that was one of the things that was amazing to watch as young white folks became allies for the movements that happened. It was watching and and listening to them express how surprised they were 
that so much of the American history, Black history, but American history, because that's what it is, they were never exposed to. They didn't know about Tuskegee. They didn't know about Henrietta Lack. They didn't know about uh, Black Wall Street. They didn't know the story of Central Park. They didn't know these things. They didn't know the experimentation on Black women for the gains of gynecological science. All the things that I saw young white folks talking about and being surprised by. They didn't even know. I even saw some kids talking about the one drop rule. They didn't know anything about that. So I'm I'm for the continuation of our stories being told and our truth being told. I think that especially when you had you you did have films that were doing this revision and, and TV shows that were doing revisionist history. I think um, one of them being this new series that's on um, I think it's on Netflix, Bridgerton that has the story of a black Duke with who marries um, a, a white society girl. And then you have the, the queen is black and one of the highest ranking ladies is a black woman. I, I like the idea of it to build diversity, but we know that's revisionist history. We know that there is no truth to what we're saying. And if there were a black queen, she was not, um, she was not out as a black person. She was passing for white. So I think that I, I'm glad to see that our stories in black information and black truth and black history, it, at least for a time, we, we got folks real interested in finding the truth. Um, and I'm taking that into 2021. And, and whenever I can, I'm we're going to be committed to exposing and making sure more of that continues to happen. Because without it, without the continued conversation, I think we get lags. We get people getting complacent. You know, Georgia is what happened in Georgia. So that'll change the Senate. So people kind of sit back and they'll get, you know, complacent for a minute. It's not a time to be complacent. It's a time to keep moving and keep pushing and keep moving forward. And I, and again, I'm going to go back. I'm going to double down on what I said about what happened today on the Capitol. Sands, the situation with the person being killed, I'm glad we got to see what happened today. So you understand and you never question what white privilege does and what white privilege gets versus what happens every day to Black people in this country. So I'm with that. I'm with history, Black history and Black truth and exposure, not only for our people, but for uh, the folks who want to come in and be allies. So yay for that in 2020 and bring it on and keep it for 2021. That's one. What else you got? Um, in that vein, you kind of touched on it. Um, yeah, you really summed it up. I was going to mention 2020, I think also was a year of out and, and bold black woman magic. And that was awesome to see you know, Stacey Abrams, um, depending on where you land, Kamala Harris, and, and so many other just awesome things that Black women have done in arts and entertainment. Um, I personally know so many awesome Black women that have done so many things, present company included. And it's, 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 not, it's not only what I believe to be a Black renaissance, so to speak, like the 2020s to me have the potential to be like the 70s you know, pick with the fist on it, black and I'm proud, but the recognition of how absolutely awesome a force black women are. Yeah, that that's that's freaking I'll awesome. I'll take it. That's freaking awesome. It. Let's roll I'll it. I'll take back. it. I'll take it. Cause I think that what you said is is very important depending on where you land. I haven't always agreed with my sister's behavior um this year, but the fact that we pretty much stayed in the forefront and we made a lot of noise for 2020 and we're not, I'm, I know I'm not, I'm not backing down. I don't plan on backing down. I don't, I don't plan on being little or making myself little or small anymore to fit into anybody's idea of what's okay and what's not. Um, and thank you for the compliment. Um, yeah, we're, I, I, I see us continuing with that. And, um, can I say, you know, I do have another one because I, I, I think that I'm going to hit the biggest one for, for me for this year. But I just wanted to ask if you had another one. Was there something else you wanted to put out there? Um, I think we also need to appreciate 
what social media gave us. And I get why some of my people might be scratching their heads. Like, no, 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 no. I get there's a lot of BS out there. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff out mm-hmm. there that's like, what? But yep. we got a lot of truth from social media, cell phones, things like that. We got a lot more truth, I think, you can make an argument from your everyday person and their cell phone and what we saw posted on social media than mainstream mainstream news outlets. I agree. I agree because we did a lot of complaining uh, or or exposing, not complaining, of what's also happening with social media and in, in how it's censored a lot of uh, of what is being said, but it also was the platform where you got information we wouldn't have known about George Floyd had num- had had someone not filmed it and posted it on social media. Um, there's a lot of what happened in the world that would have been missed by the news had and still was in a lot of ways. But because of social media, you're right. We had a chance to to be exposed. And to 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 take some take take some action. There were some calls to actions that happened because of what some one person or two people posted on social media versus you're right, what the news actually gave us. And I hope that moving forward into 2021, we'll see new platforms that'll come up with new new platforms built um, that give the the opportunity for more thought and discussion to happen. I we talked about Parlor being there and a few other ones, but I I would like to see some other ones happen that facilitate um, free thought and thinking and discussion. Um, so I'm hoping that that happens. I hope that that continues to build. Um, the last thing I just want to say that I'm thankful for for 2020 is this podcast. Um. I mean, this podcast, I, I, you know, when this podcast came, I, I had vacillated back and forth about what to do about it, about whether I should even restart it. Um, as most people know who've listened or those of you who are just listening, this podcast actually has been a baby of mine for over six years. But it stopped and started several times just because I, of whatever was going on with me. Um, and whether or not I thought that my audience thought it was important enough. Mm. But I want to thank everyone who is subscribed and who tells a friend about it and who hits me up when they don't. I mean, I actually got, uh, I think I let you know, I got a text message asking where the hell the podcast was like, wait, it's been two weeks. Where are you at? So I appreciate that. I appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate, um, the, the emails, everything you guys do who listen, um, you really help to keep the energy going here. I appreciate so much Ross, you, you coming in and, and filling the spot. Um, you have made this 10 times more enjoyable for me um, as, as the host of this show. And I thank you for being um, a support and just, just a great um, asset. You're a great asset to this. Everybody loves bliss platform. And I, I I don't think I could have selected a better person. I, I really don't. I don't, I don't think that anyone else could have come in and done what you've done in terms of, of, of really um, taking the show to a next level and being able to have conversation in the way that you're able to have it on the show with me. And I really appreciate it. And you've inspired me to do some other things and to expand. We both have um, some surprising things coming up in the next, actually couple of weeks and months. Yeah. Um, some yeah. surprises for the audience, some places where we're expanding and we'll talk more about that. But again, we will have our first visual uh, podcast on January 20th. You all cannot forget that is inauguration day. So whatever you plan on doing with that, make sure you're also prepared to watch uh, Everybody Loves Bliss. Now, we're not going to go live on that day. So it'll just be posted. Just so you know, you don't have to, it's not any specific time that you'll have to like set aside to watch us. But that first show will be uh, recorded and and posted for you. So I'm looking forward to that. That's a a new step for us. And uh, yeah, I'm just looking for, I'm really looking forward to 2021. I don't know what's going to happen. 
there's some good I think that's going to happen. I think that there's some things that we're going to need to get ready for. I think that we're going to be uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's going to be a lot of lessons learned, but I think there are going to be some really glorious times during 2021. So um, did I say 2021 initially or did I say 2020? 2021. <laughs> I'm still getting used to it. So, yeah. So season six, Ross, here no, we are. No. Here no. we are. No. So. Yeah. So anyway, good people, um, I think we've covered what we're going to cover for this show, Ross. Um, you got anything else for the people? No, that's it. Stay black, stay, stay safe. Black, stay safe. <laughs> or stay whatever you are and Go stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you are, stay that if it's positive. Uh, yeah. So listen, uh, listeners, audience, um, if nobody told you, we're going to tell you we love you and we want the best for you. And uh, that's a wrap on the first show of the new season. Oh, and by the way, wait, before we go, we are drinking tonight. We are in we are in alignment tonight with our drinking. I'm, we're, we're, we're doing tea. This is my first show that I've done in a long time without... Ah, uh, an adult beverage. We are both doing green tea tonight. So actually, cheers to... Actually, to be fair. Oh, oh, here we go. What are you doing as see, we wrap? What are you had, doing? Um, I have one energizing green tea bag and I combine that with my favorite vanilla chai tea bag. So... Oh, oh, we're, oh you're fancy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, fancy pants. Like one that day I gotta I'm tell you about what I call my bougie PB and J, but that's another conversation. Oh yeah, can we? Can we? Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm just drinking the jasmine uh, green tea, and Ross right, has right. his own uh, specially blended. Uh, <laughs> oh, listen to you. Let me go. Good people. <laughs> 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 we're we're out of here. Till next time. We love you. Bye bye. <laughs>